Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. To a scripture that will not be in the computer, because I'm changing the sermon, haven't done that in a very long time, uh, but we're, we're switching it up tonight. Um, I'm only saying that not to be like different sermon, just because it literally won't be in the computer, and I don't want Camden and Brad to be like, where are you going with this? Uh, so go with me in the computer and in your Bible uh, to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We're going to be Philippian through Philippians chapter 4. And if you got a Bible, by the way, I just encourage you, like bring your Bible to church. Um, it is so helpful to have in your Bible highlights and underlines and circles. Uh, we got a lot of people that brought their Bible today. But if you, if you don't got a Bible, bring your Bible to church. But if you don't have one, it will be on the screen, hopefully. Uh, but we started this series last week. Um, I preached it in 15 minutes. Thank you very much. Uh, a series that, that we're uh, entitled this, Adrift. And I'll give you kind of the, the big idea behind this series. And this really kind of is my, um, I don't want to say my plea, but this is kind of my like, hey, this is why this matters, why you should lean into this. Uh, because every single one of us, Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. He's talking to you, primarily it's you. But every single one of us, including myself, we are susceptible to drifting. And I don't mean drifting like, you know, fast and furious number 17, whatever many there are. But I mean like drifting in relationship with God. There's two verses, we won't read them tonight. Um, but I believe it's in 1 John uh, chapter 5, I believe. And then the other one, um, it's in Romans chapter eight, I believe, but two verses that we looked at last week. One of them talks about how the whole world is under the sway, under the push, under the of the enemy. That our entire world's culture has, has been uh, swayed or is being swayed by the enemy. By the way, the Bible says this, that the enemy only has one desire and it is to destroy your life. 1 Peter 5, 7 through 8, John 10, 10 says, hey, don't, don't get deceived. Don't be caught off guard. Like be paying attention because your adversary, he's looking for every opportunity to take you out. Like we, and I don't think we should like, you know, major on the minors, but like we, we spend a lot of time worshiping and acknowledge that there is a God and God actually is a real being. He's in existence. We worship him. We honor him. We've given him our life. But a lot of us, we don't acknowledge there's a real enemy. It's like God's real, but the enemy is like a cartoon character. God's real, but the enemy is just, you know, like a Halloween thing. But the reality is in the same way that God is real, so is the enemy. And the enemy is after our life. And so the whole world swayed and we're like, we don't want to be swayed. But then not only that, we looked at this Galatians, actually, I think it is. The Bible says your flesh, someone say flesh. So like me and you, what we want to do, what we desire to do, the things that like we were born wanting to do. Like, have you ever noticed that you don't have to teach kids how to be bad? Like no one taught my kids how to scream at each other. Like, do, do you know what the number one like fighting words in my house are right now? My kids are eight, six, four, and one. And especially the two middle ones, the six and the four-year-old, the number one fighting word, like you want to start a fight where fists are going to be thrown is, you're not invited to my birthday anymore. You're not invited to my birthday. Oh yeah, well, you're not invited to my birthday and we're having rainbow cake. Like it's just like, it's fighting words. 
But no one, no one had to teach my kids how to be bad. No one had to teach my kids how to like play tricks. This is so funny, by the way. Uh, two, no, it was last night. I walked in my girl's room and I'm like, hey guys, did you guys get your clothes ready for school tomorrow? And they said, yeah, yeah. And so I'm always checking because they wear weird stuff. And so I'm checking, I'm like, Brooklyn, why do you have like a pajama nightgown picked out? She goes, Evelyn told me tomorrow's pajama day. And Evelyn, she's over in the corner, she's like, gotcha. And um, there was a lot of tears, but it was really funny. But like no one taught Evelyn how to do that. And the reality is your flesh and my flesh, the Bible says, is in contrast to the spirit of God. Every one of us, we are susceptible to drift. Why? Because we live in a world that's pulling us one direction and even our own flesh, unkept, unguarded, it desires to go in the direction which it's being pulled in. I used this example last week. Um, my son, who's four years old, uh, at the beach, he's in the ocean, and it's like it only takes a couple seconds, and he's here, but the water's just moving him. And it's like, see you later, Dad, because the current, he's, he's not strong enough. You're not strong enough. I'm not strong enough for the current of life. And and I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for God because God, he did not leave us to just fend the current on our own. But the Bible has actually given us guardrails. I don't know what that was. The Bible has actually given us guardrails, given us these parameters that we can literally put in place that safeguard and protect our life. What was that, bro? No way. No way. That's so funny because earlier I'm like, I don't know where my wedding ring is. I swear I had it. It was in my Bible, I guess. It was making a covenant with the Lord. Um, but uh, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, but the Bible has given us guardrails that when we put these guardrails in place, they literally protect our life. And the, the, the reason I'm changing the sermon is because I don't know if, if you could feel this, but there was such a sweet presence and such a sweet atmosphere tonight in worship. There was such a sweet presence, such a sweet atmosphere in worship, and yet, not point any fingers, not like this is not like a, like a, a weird thing, but, but yet there was also this thing in the room that it's like, man, there's something in us that there's a sweet presence, sweet atmosphere, but something in us like doesn't want to or doesn't know how to, to lean into that. I, I was playing golf with a guy. Have you ever wanted to literally punch someone in the face? I like... You know, when people like lead with like, hey, this is my pastor, it literally sets you up to be on your best behavior. And uh, so I was playing golf with this guy last week, really never talked to him. He set it up through my wife. He's like, hey, Pastor Brandon likes golf. We're new to the church. Like I'd love to take him to play golf. And so we went and played golf and we got paired with these two people. And um, they were the worst people ever. Like I, like I just, Lord, pr I pray for them, save them through another pastor and leader somewhere else. <laughs> Because like I was playing really bad golf and they were like making fun of me all day. And I'm like, I, you, but you're so glad that he led with I'm a pastor because I want to say a lot of things that are not very godly to you. But we're, we're in the middle of playing golf and here, here's, here's this guy, this kind of newer church. He goes, hey, can I be honest with you? We're sitting in the cart. And I said, I said yeah. He said, so like, I really struggle at church. So what do you mean you struggle at church? He's like, I love God, but I just struggle with the whole worship thing. So what, like, why, why do you struggle with it? I don't know, just something in me, like, I, I just get really uncomfortable singing. I, get, like, I just get really uncomfortable lifting my hands. And I'm glad he said it, not me. And he said, it's the weirdest thing. I don't know what it is. And I said, why, why do you think it's weird? It's, like, it's the weirdest thing because I love football. 
and my, my wife and I, we go to Panther games all the time. And like, when, when someone scores a touchdown, he said, I'm the loudest person in the stadium. And when someone scores, my hands go up. Ah! He said, and it occurs to me almost every Sunday, why is it when I'm watching my favorite sports teams, that all my passion and emotion comes out? And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care who's looking. I don't care, you know, what people say. I'm just, yeah. But I get in church and it's like I freeze. What is that? You know what I think it is? I, I think it's that one of the enemy's greatest strategies for your life to, to get you to drift is to, to hinder you in your worship before the Lord. Be, because what we're going to see tonight is that our, our worship it's actually one of our greatest weapons. Like, I didn't really prepare this sermon, and so I can't give you all the references, but you're just gonna have to trust me and Google me and go verify me. Like, go listen to the podcast and Google me, and you can verify. But like, there's passages in the Bible where the Bible says that we, as we worship, it is the invitation for God's presence. Like, you ever gone to a party before and you, you got an invitation to, that our worship is literally the invitation of God's presence. The Bible says God, he inhabits the praises of his people. Yeah. I was back there. I wasn't, I promise you I was worshiping, but I was on my phone because I'm like, Google, don't fail me now. Where, where, and I'm like Googling like half of scriptures that I think I remember and I couldn't find it, but I promise you it's in there. there there's this like rad scene where I, I believe it's Solomon and he's, he's dedicating the temple. And it says that all of Israel, someone say all, all. that all of Israel was, was worshiping and exalting God together. And the presence of God showed up in such a powerful way that no one could, could even move. Everyone just fell before God like, whoa, God is here in this place. The Bible says this, you, you can verify this, Proverbs 18, 20 through 21. It says that your life, it's filled with, it's consumed by the words that you speak. For death and life are in the power of your tongue. Did you know that you create the world you live in? That's not true, Brandon. You know, it is true. That literally our words create the world and the, and, and the sphere that we live. Our life becomes consumed by and satisfied or filled with the words that come out of our mouth. And one of the enemy's greatest tactics is to get you loud about everything that's wrong and keep you quiet about how good our God is. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, I believe it is. Um, uh, it, it says this. It says, be anxious for nothing. Hold up real quick. That sounds impossible. Like how many of you in the last week, you've been anxious about something? I was getting there. Don't ruin, don't ruin the ending. Just kidding. How, how many of you today, you got anxious about something? Like I did. L literally, I was, I, I left church to, 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 go, to go run an errand and I came out, I was driving back here at like five o'clock and I got anxious. I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm feeling, I'm fe the Bible goes, hey, you can actually be anxious, worried, stressed about nothing. That's impossible. No, hold, hold up, finish it. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Someone say everything. But in everything by prayer and supplication. Here's the thing that I want you to see tonight. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
Verse 7 says this, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Have you ever watched someone eat a food before that absolutely disgusted you? You ever watched someone do this before? Like, if you're this person, then, bro, we're good. It's all good. I just think you need salvation. This is gross. But, like, when people put weird stuff on their eggs, like, so, like, here's two things I've seen people put on eggs that I'm like, hmm. The first one maybe is more common than maybe I would hope, uh, but it's ketchup. We got, any, we got any ketchup on the eggs people in here tonight? It's like you, 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 need, you need help. But the other one, I saw this recently at a restaurant, and, and I wanted to go over and, and deliver this person from a demon. Um, they were smothering their eggs with ranch. And I'm like, oh. I, I'm looking at this person, and here's what I'm thinking. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I'm very, very confused and concerned for you. How is it possible that you're enjoying that flavor? Pause. What what Paul says in Philippians is there is a peace that is beyond comprehension. There's actually a peace and a comfort and a that's beyond your ability to understand. There is a peace and a comfort and a fulfillment that drives out every fear, that eliminates anxiety, that, that causes everything that troubles you to move, and it doesn't even make sense. How in the world are you okay? How in the world do you have peace? How in the world are you right now not freaking out? The Bible goes, it's a peace beyond understanding. It's not natural. It doesn't make sense. You cannot uh, uh, figure it out with a mathematical equation. Paul goes, be anxious for nothing. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, throw it up there. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will listen, it'll guard your heart and your mind. I don't know, man, I just, I feel peace on the inside and my mind is rested right now. It's not racing, it's not running. You know, the Bible says this in Psalm 127 that God, he gives his beloved. Real quick, show of hands, how many of you believe God loves you? He gives his beloved sweet sleep. One of the promise, do you know that one, like if, if you're in here tonight and you struggle with sleeping, did you know that's actually a promise from God that God gives his beloved sweet sleep? There's a peace and a, that comes to those that, that, that call upon God. He gives his beloved sleep. Brandon, why don't I experience that? Well, I want to go back just for a second to Philippians 4, 6, and, and, and I want to point out a couple things. One may be obvious, the other might not be. But it says, don't be anxious for anything, but instead in everything, by prayer, pause right there. Um, we, this is not the mini sermon, but um, how often are you praying how, 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 how quick are, are you to go to God? Is God, is, is God your first response or your last resort? Are, are you faster to mumble under your breath and stomp your feet? And like, by the way, this is my four-year-old Graham right now. 
Like this, I'm like, bro, it's time to go. I don't want to go to school. Today. I'm like, bro, you're going to school. I'm like, you need discipline, which he got. Um, but, but like, are you quicker to like complain? Are, 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 are you quicker to get on your phone and text someone? Are, are, are you faster to go and get that, that just your favorite music and just AirPods in and just, the Bible goes, that's not where peace comes from. Peace doesn't come from your, your favorite band or your artist. Peace doesn't come from a vibe. Peace doesn't come from venting your feelings. Peace comes from prayer. Peace comes from going to God and saying, God, I'm really hurting right now. God, I'm struggling right now. The Bible goes, but by prayer and supplication, supplication is request. God, I need help. God, I don't know what to do. God, this sucks. God, I'm frustrated. God, I don't understand this. God, I don't even know how, how to face this. God, I can't feel prayer and supplication. Going to God and making requests. And, and for a lot of us, like maybe I don't do it, but it makes sense to me. Like, maybe I don't do it, but I, but I do understand. Again, this guy I'm playing golf with, he's like, you know, prayer's not hard for me. He said, because I, I talk to people for a living. I'm a salesman. He said, so I get it, man. Like, I talk to God all the time. And pr- prayer's not difficult because I, like, I don't do it as much as I should, but prayer's easy because I can talk to God. Like, I know how to talk. But this next part is the missing component, I think, for a lot of us. Here's what it says. My prayer and supplication with, someone say with. With thanksgiving. What, what does thanksgiving have anything to do with it? Can I tell you what it has to do with it? Thanksgiving is the evidence of your faith. Um, when, when, when you go to someone and you say, hey, Caleb, um, bro, I'm like, I'm in a spot, man. I'm so hungry. I haven't had food in 40 days. I've been fasting and praying before the Lord. And um, I gave all my money to, to the, to charity. And so I'm like, like, well, will you tonight, man, after, will you spot me? Can we go talk about, will you spot me five bucks? Do I have Taco Bell yet? No. But an appropriate response would be, bro, thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yes. I can taste the chicken quesadilla, or at least part of it, because it's like a million dollars. I can taste it. Well, the Thanksgiving is evidence. I made a request. I brought a need to someone, and I trust them. So even though I haven't experienced it, even though I haven't realized it, I have a thankful heart because I have confidence. The Bible says that our entire relationship with God, it's based in faith. Jesus said over and over again, hey, according to your faith, let it be done. Faith is the currency. Like if if I walked into the gas station and and, and tried to get gas in, in my car using pesos, Am I leaving with any gas? If I walked in with some IOUs, hey, bro, his, bro, $3,000, IOU. Like, I'm, I'm leaving with nothing. I'm leaving probably with some not nice words said to me. And, and we got to realize that the currency of God, it's faith. The currency of God's kingdom is not just, you know, just, just, I'm just hoping for the best. The currency, what unlocks the door, it's faith. It's confidence. This is how we got saved. The Bible says if anybody believes that Jesus is Lord, they believe it in their heart and with their mouth confess it. 
they shall be saved. Even salvation is experienced through our faith and our opening our mouth and saying, Jesus, you are the Lord. And I trust you, I believe in you. See, th Thanksgiving is worship. Do you know that worship's not just songs we sing? That worship's not just music and melody? That, that worship is, it's a spirit, it's an attitude, it's a posture of heart that goes, God, thank you so much. God, you're so good. God, I love you. God, I, I praise you, I bless you, I honor you, God. God, you're worthy of my praise. And the Bible says our prayer, the secret sauce, it's our worship. So I'm talking to this guy, we're, 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 we're playing golf. <clears throat> and Kimberly, why don't you come and play keys and that'll help me end early so we can sing a song or two. Um, but we're, we're playing golf and, and, and we're just, I'm just listening to him, just like, okay, cool, I'm just listening, you have a hard time. And he, he goes, so just tell me, man, what is the deal with worship? What, what, what is the deal? And I said, well, I don't want to be weird, man, but could, could we do like a little test real quick? He's like, a test? By the way, the other people we're playing with, they're getting mad because I was talking too much. And I'm like, bro, welcome to everyone in my church's life. Always waiting for me to finish talking. Yo, preacher man, stop preaching, man. We're trying to play golf. I'm like, stop existing. I'm kidding. That's so harsh. I'm kidding. Um, he was really mean to me though. I hit a bad shot and he's like, God's not on his side. I'm like, bro, you, you're on the wrong side of something, bro. Um, but, I, but I said, let's do a test real quick. He said, okay. I said, all right, let me ask you a question. Matter of fact, let's, let's just do this test tonight. Um, by, by show of hands, I didn't make him raise his hand. That'd have been weird. Raise your hand. He's like, that'd be weird. But by, by, by show of hands, we'll just do this little test. Um, how many of you would say, I really do, like, I'm not perfect, but I really do love God. Show of hands, okay, cool, all right, put your hands down. How many of you would say, I don't always do the best job, but, but my heart is, I wanna be surrendered to him. Just show your hands. Okay, so like almost everybody, okay. Our last question. How many of you would say, not only do I love God and I really do wanna be surrendered to him, but, but I really do recognize, even though I don't always show it, that I really do need God. Okay. I, 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 won't, I won't tell you his name. Bob, we'll say Bob. Bob's not his name. I'm like, all right, here's the deal, Bob. Our worship, all it is, it's all it is. All it is is an outward expression of an inward posture of heart. I said, so, so, so Bob, do you know why we lift our hands in, in, in church? It's not religious. It's an outward expression of a heart that says, God, I know I'm maybe not doing the best, but I really do surrender myself to you. God, I know that I don't have everything together. I don't always show up, but God, I need you. Did you know that Jesus actually said this? He said, if you don't have faith like a child, look at your neighbor and say, you're a child. Look at your other neighbor and say, grow up. But Jesus said this, he, he said, he said, did you know that if you don't have faith like a child, eyes and ears right here. He goes, if you don't have faith like a child, you'll never get my kingdom. That's what he said. He goes, hey, if you don't have faith, like, you, like you're not gonna get it, bro. My, my daughter, she's, she'll be one October 1st. She just started walking, little Betty Blue. And, and, and when she comes walking over to me, do you know what she does? 
You know what all of my kids still do? Hold me. Pick me up. Our worship, it's an, it's an outward expression of an inward posture of heart. Talking to Bob, I said, Bob, do you know why you go nuts at the Panthers game? Because you love the Panthers. Do you know why your hands go up and you're like, yeah, yeah. Be, because something in you goes, yes. And you're outwardly expressing the emotions that are flowing on the inside. Our worship is the outward expression of an inward posture of heart. God, I sing to you and I bring thanksgiving to you because in my heart, I trust you. I love you. I believe you. God, I lift my hands to you because I'm, I wanna be surrendered to you. And I'm, I'm actually reaching out saying, God, I need you. God, I want more of you. Well, Brandon, I don't always feel like worship. Last, last scripture I'm gonna read you and then we're gonna sing a song. Psalm 103. Oh, this is a good one. This one is one of my favorites. Psalm 103, listen to what David said. David says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. You, you want to memorize a, a, a chapter? Go memorize Psalm 103. It'll change your life. Because David, some of you, you have trash self-talk. David had worship self-talk. He goes, he goes, Saul, you're going to worship today. Saul, you're going to bless God today. You may not feel like it, but you're going to worship. And this is what he says. He, he goes, remembering, not forgetting all of God's benefits. But just real quick, when's the last time you stopped? You, you maybe in your mind, you made a list to say, God, you love me. God, you found me. I didn't find you, you found me. God, you, Jesus, you died that all my sins are forgiven. You call me a son or a daughter of yours. God, you, you've welcomed me, invited me into your family. Oh my goodness, God. And in your family, you've made available all these things that I need. You're my healer. You're my provider. You've given me the Holy Spirit. You're my comfort. You're my wisdom. When's the last time you stopped and went, I might not have everything I want because I need some new shoes and my phone is old. I need a new phone. And I'm really frustrated that my mom and dad did this or this has happened. I might not have everything I want, but oh my gosh, God, I have everything I need in you. And sometimes we get so focused on what we don't have and what's not good and what's not right that we don't do what Paul said. We're, I'm anxious. I'm just, I'm just, ah. And we wonder why we don't have peace because we allow anxiety and we're, ah. We allow it to cause us to just drift. You know, you know what's so interesting to me? And, and I, I'm, I'm, I'll just leave it here. One of the most common postures that I see in people these days is this. We live with our shoulders so slumped. I don't just mean physically, I mean just in our heart. Not a lot of people you, you meet that just have a big smile on their face. That shouldn't be God's people. David goes, man, come on, come on, self-worship. I, I hear David doing self-talk. I, I don't care if you feel like it. Think about, remember everything God has done. Thank him, 
worship Him. Allow the inward posture of your heart to go, I'm pushing past comfort. I'm lifting my hands and say, God, I'm surrendered to you. God, I honor you. God, I worship you. God, I praise you. And here's what happens. And I'm done. And Ari, why don't you, why don't you come back up? I'm, I'm done right here. Here's what happens. We start thanking God. We start worshiping God. We, we start lifting our voice. We start remembering who he is and all he has done and all his promises. And it invites the presence of God. It invites God's presence to come and fill the space and place we are, our, our, our heart and our soul and peace comes. I can't tell you how many times my, my favorite way to pray and worship is prayer walk. Like I, I appreciate the team and the band, and, but I like walking by myself in my neighborhood looking like a crazy person. Walking around like, Lord, thank you so much. God, thank you that you love me. I don't have a great voice, and so I don't sing a lot, but I'm like, God, thank you. God, you, you're my healer. You're my And the more I thank God, the more I worship him, the more I posture my heart to go, no, I will not be kept silent. I will not keep my mouth closed. I'm going to lift my voice and lift my heart. It's like all of a sudden I become overwhelmed with the presence and the power of God. One of my favorite sayings, you might be too cool for school. There's no one too cool for church. No one's too cool for church. Are you kidding me? I, 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 I was thinking about this. And um, Lainey, I just want to encourage you. You have an awesome spirit and heart of worship before the Lord. I think about when, when the Bible says that David, he lifted his voice and he was dancing and twirling and doing the Dougie. Is that a dance still doing the Dougie? And, and his wife goes, oh my gosh, you're like a, like kings don't act like that. And he goes, are you kidding me? Do you know how much God's done for me? I'll be even more undignified but before the Lord. Don't ever lose your spirit to go, I'm gonna worship God no matter who's around me. As we posture our heart to go, God, I don't care what it looks like. I'm just, God, I'm, I'm, I'm getting free. I'm getting free from this and I'm moving to this. I'm remembering and recognizing all that Jesus has done. I'm letting my worship, my praise, something shifts, something happens. One of the guardrails that God has given us that protects our life from the drift, it's our worship. It, it's a heart of worship. This is God in every season, at all times, I will lift my voice. I will lift my hands. I'm, I'm going to get uncomfortable and I'm going to stretch. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.